and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 86. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello! It's time to talk about video games! We love them! Uh, have you played any video games that are not this one, Jackson? Yes, I have. Tell me about what you have done. Um, that all depends. When was the last time we recorded? <laughs> uh, the Christmas episode. Oh, we didn't talk about games then, did we? No, we sure did not. Okay. We have not talked about I what guess... we've been playing since November, like late November. We've talked about a lot of this stuff has happened on other podcasts, but they're a bit more hidden behind walls. So I guess it's just time to mention it on the real podcast. I've been playing Kingdom Hearts. Yes, you have been doing that. I've been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts. I am up to 358 over two days, which is the fourth Kingdom Hearts game. Um, I'm halfway through that at the moment. It is my favorite one yet. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, however, is uh, bad. Well, it's weird. I actually like the part where you f fight things as a fair bit. Um, it was a bit butter mashy and boring, but that's because, like, I've seen... I know what people talk about that. Like, it can be that game when you play it as an RPG, or the real combat is hidden and it never teaches you how to do it, because, of course, it, why would it ever teach you how to do the cool stuff? Uh, I, I am hypothetically interested in going back to Kingdom Hearts 2 and, like, a, you know, harder mode, skipping the cutscenes to play the video game part. Um, but whatever, it was fine. I thought the story was really bad, uh, and my... Um, I've been very frustrated with Kingdom Hearts stories for the first... Uh, three games because they're occasionally good and interesting usually when anyone other than Sora is on on screen because uh, Sora is a very bad protagonist they're trying to do the Goku thing of look at this nice boy stumbling through the world and fixing it uh, but he's is not like nice enough or interesting enough at being nice like the, I don't know when you're coming up like that's a whole genre of protagonists he's, and they're all better than him uh, I like Sora just fine but making him the center of this universe uh, as he stumbles through all these conspiracies that he doesn't understand, but fixes them through his purity of heart. It's just a bit boring. Um, but I like the stuff with Riku and Chain of Memories. I liked um, uh, the first game well enough because it's uh, actually simple. Kingdom Hearts is light. We can all agree on that. We can all go home. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm afraid you have to keep going until you finish Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's light. The business is done. Um... But yeah, and then two story is actively awful. I think uh, I, the stuff with rocks at the start in isolation is very good. The stuff with him in Twilight Town, um, uh, it's very uh, kind of sad and bit in a quiet way. That's just just good and competent. And then once it gets into the Sora stuff, it's like a billion twists that don't make any sense. Turns out that the person you thought was Ansem isn't Ansem, and everyone else is Ansem. Um, and this like stretches back to three games, right? Like all this stuff is true. It keeps talking about nobodies and how the whole plot revolves around them wanting to like make Kingdom Hearts to steal their hearts back because they don't have hearts anymore, and that means they don't exist properly. Even though they all have feelings and talk about things like people with like, there's no material differences in that. And I was screaming at the screen the entire game for them to like engage with this making no sense and actually talk about these themes, but instead they just have that be a thing. Like they, you go, um. You know, spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 2, you go fight all the nobodies who are textually in the game the bad guys and kill them because it's wrong to uh, do bad things to steal hearts back. But it doesn't examine the morality of why they would do that, it doesn't understand, uh, examine like the uh, structure of the universe and why uh, souls are definitive and you can have a soul or not have a soul and what that means when these beings are clearly identical. Anyway, apparently... 
in a thing that makes me even almost more infuriated, they decided to make an entire game talking about that stuff, and 358 over two days is a very good game about basically working a shitty job and what happens when, like, uh, how the shape of your world is dictated to you by your boss and how you interact with the world and what you see is... Um, like, it's not just they tell you what to do, but they can, like, shape your understanding of truth because they can shape what you see, they can shape how you engage with things, and it's very explicit about that. Like, I put some screenshots on Twitter, like, um, Roxas and Xeon are working for uh, Organization 13. It's a prequel to Kingdom Hearts 2, and it's what's going on with Organization 13. And, like, they're all, they, they go to work every day. They go meet up every day after after work and have ice cream and complain about their shitty jobs. Uh, Roxas is being confused as to why the world doesn't match up with how he's been described it by his boss. And is like, maybe I could think about the world out in, like, my own way. Like, it's a weirdly specific game about Roxas achieving class consciousness, which is absolutely the most banana twist Kingdom Hearts has had yet. I, like, I could not have seen this coming in a million years. Like, what? Ha, huh? Blah? Uh, so that that's really surprised me. Um, but the the one thing I will say is that I know uh, Zion... See, I think she's called... Zion is how they pronounce it in the, um, in the voice cutscenes, but it's mostly been text in this game, so I've said Zion. But... Uh, Xeon is the beloved tragic girl from this game. I think she sucks because Nomura cannot write women to save his life. She just stands around like making eyes at Roxas and being like, oh, it would be terrible if something tragic were to happen to me at some point. But I don't understand why they like each other or what they have to gain from their, like this friendship that they have um, other than eventual tragedy, right? Like, uh... I don't think Axel is necessarily a great character, but I understand what he wants. I understand why he's friends with Roxas. That is like a natural thing for both of their characters and fits into them. Um, Nomura just doesn't do that with women. And we've had three games now of Kari waiting around doing absolutely nothing. Uh, and he does that again. He continues to do that. Uh, excited to get to birth by sleep and meet Aqua, who I know is the exception to this. And then the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 was this happening to her. <laughs> so I understand why everyone was mad about that. Uh, and that's it that's the Kingdom Hearts update maybe I'll be done later probably not because I've got so many games to play I've already given up on being done for the launch of 3 um, I'm just kind of enjoying going through them and that's where I am as, as things stand that's the Kingdom Hearts update okay. I was really torn on whether I wanted to make a Sig Xion joke or time to go Axel joke so there you go that's where I was well you, you, why make either when you can make both and none of them at once yep that's what I always say. Uh, but that's the, that's yep. the video game. Much game. like Amro himself, I can choose neither side. <laughs> <laughs> we can't bring... Go listen to our other podcasts. <laughs> Great Gundam project. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I've been playing uh, Crash Bandicoot HD. Is there a name for that other than the HD trilogy, whatever? Uh, yeah, there is. Crash Bandicoot Rewarped. <laughs> Warped Tour. Crash... <laughs> Uh, it's called Insane Trilogy. That's it. Okay, Crash Bandicoot Warp Tour um, has uh, that's too good. <laughs> uh, Crash Bandicoot Warp Tour. Um, the first game we covered that in road mapping like four or five years ago. That game still sucks. Uh, I gave up on it just this past weekend. As Jackson's like, please don't try to finish this game. You hate it. It's bad. You're very near the end. You know how it ends. You've seen it before. You don't need to do this. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so I moved on to Crash Bandicoot 2, which is a better game, but not as good of a game as it should be, honestly. Um, I know that part of this is the remaster, like the HD, whatever, is not great in terms of like collision on platforms and the things you would need to do in a platformer, like make sure that you land on the platform properly when you jump on it. Um, but also Crash Bandicoot is a weird thing in that it purports to be a platformer and it's kind of like a slow platformer, but what it actually is is like a proto runner. 
but it doesn't have the like instant gratification that runners have. So every level is like five minutes long and you're just exhausted by the end of every one of them. Um, um, yeah, I, I like Crash Bandicoot more than you. Um, I enjoy going down the like level tubes. Um, but yeah, it's not like a, the, the, the platforming is just press the jump button at the right time, do the spin at the right time. That's, yeah. that's all it is. I, I like tubes. I love Sonic Forces, Jackson. That is the most tube ass video game that's ever existed. <laughs> That's true. That's tubes. Yeah. Um, but instead, I'm stuck with this game because I've played all the Sonic games. So here we are. Uh, you haven't played um, Heroes, the, but it's not available one. in an easy to get. Have you played way. the Werewolf? Have you played the Werewolf? No, one? I've not played Unleashed either. Um, but that's and nor have I played Sonic of... 06. Those are the three. Well, Unleashed is the one that people think is good, and at least the uh, boost levels. But then you like Heroes? Of of people stuff. like Heroes. Uh, I guess I do. Are you, are you telling me that Heroes is bad? Um, I played it as a kid and have a lot of affection for it. I can't tell you. Like, okay. I genuinely don't know. Okay. Um, it's like it's a weird, awkward post-adventure game. Uh, whereas I mean, Unleashed I really like Adventure new... too. So you know, I'm I'm okay with adventure-style games. Yeah, you might like Heroes. You won't want to play it four times with all teams. You probably just play the Sonic mode and be done with it. Uh, the Shadow oh, mode. Yeah. There's a Shadow mode, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Team Sonic, Team Dark, Team Chaotix, and Team Rose. So it's Shadow, Rouge, and who? Uh, Omega. Oh, right. Who's on Team... Who's Team Rose? I know it's Amy, who is my favorite Sonic character. Amy, someone, and Big the Cat. Okay. Um, I'm gonna check, because... Uh, yeah, okay, it's um the Cream the Rabbit. Okay, I love Cream. That's the team I'd probably play as. Uh, it is the easy mode version of the game. That's fine. I love easy modes. There you go. Well, then, it's time to play as Team Rose. Yep. I have no uh, affection I for am... the Caddix characters, so... And here, my man be like Froggy. Uh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. It's Big Big the Cat. He, he wants Froggy. I haven't played Sonic Adventure since it came out on the GameCube <laughs> in, like, 2006, you know, so... You have no... I mean, the people have been making... They're like not that much, but I feel like... People have been making the froggy joke a fair bit. Okay. I guess you don't hang out in Sonic Circles. I, I do a little, but it's like you yeah. and Omar, like, we don't make those kind of jokes. I feel like a lot of yeah, the Big the Cat jokes edge into questionable territory pretty frequently. Yep. Um, yeah. It's a hard line to walk, right? He's called Big the Cat. He's a big cat. Yeah, he's also like a weird simpleton character, right? Like, Sonic Team, yep. don't do this to us. Please. Just give me a nice big boy. Yep. Um, but anyway, you should play some more Sonic. I guess you should play. Uh, you should what I'm, stop. Playing what I'm going to do is finish Crash, Crash Two and then play Crash Three, but not right away. I mean, you should just when a Crash game gets too hard, you should just stop because you don't like it at that point. <sighs> I have to see the. I have to see the ending. I have to know what happens. He he beat. I don't mean to, to tell you, but he beats Dot Cortex. Cortex is asking me to get crystals so he can like help, like build a space laser to protect the Earth. And then Coco keeps co coming in. It's like uh, for some reason Cortex is building a giant space laser and he's getting all these crystals. Uh, and then every time she's about to say that's a bad idea, it cuts out as if I don't know because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, you are an idiot. You're just a bandicoot. You don't know shit. Yeah, except then the minute the cutscene ends, Crash Bandicoot disappears, and then Coco shows up, who should know these things. But <laughs> right, because you're playing as Coco. Yes. Because of course you are. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yep. That's that's uh, it. I've been playing. I've been playing other games, it. but I don't really have much to report. I'm near the end of E7. Maybe next time we record, I will finish E7. I can talk about my weird, conflicted feelings on that game. 
those are the video game updates. It is time to talk about an actual video game for the first time in what feels like a thousand years. It might as well have been. If you don't listen to Voip Life, uh, we don't talk about video games outside of that most of the time. So yeah. Uh, so it's time to do it. It's time to talk about Final Fantasy Twelve. Final Fantasy Twelve is a game developed and published by Square Enix. I don't know if that is a surprise to any of you here. Uh, it was directed by um, uh, Hiroyuki Ito and Hiroshi Minagawa. Uh, originally directed by the Final Fantasy Tactics guy, uh, Yeah. Matsuno. Um, and he left halfway through development, or partway through, I don't know. The, 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 there are some... Um, different conflicting apocryphal tales about the behind the scenes of this game yes uh, so we don't actually know what happened but he left development for many reasons uh mostly excited to be health related um and then this game came out in march 16th of 2006 it is released for the playstation 2 we have played the zodiac age version which is a remaster of the 2007 international version from japan uh where they have redone the license board to change some of the mechanics uh and more importantly in the in the new version added uh the ability to speed up time yeah but we'll talk about that in the episode um the game itself is you know it's an rpg you play as Vaughn and you um uh walk around the field uh fighting enemies in an mmo style MMO I can't talk. MMO inspired battle system uh, with uh, the new feature called Gambits, where you can uh, pick if simple if that then commands uh, to give your characters orders that they will follow, um, and that is the basic structure of Final Fantasy XII as a video game. Would you like to summarize the plot so we can talk about it? Because sometimes we go beat by beat, but this time we're just going to get a quick summary out the way, and then we're going to talk about the whole thing in its totality. Yeah, so there are four kingdoms that matter in Final Fantasy XII. Uh, there is the hero kingdom, uh, Dalmasca, uh, who has the capital city, Ravanastra, that's the main town in the game. Uh, there is Nabradia, which is a neighboring kingdom, and the prince uh, the prince of Nabradia, Rassler, and the princess of Dalmasca, Ashelia, got married. Uh, and then they were invaded by the Arcadian Empire. Um, who are the bad guys? Uh, and you can tell that because they're called the Arcadian Empire. <laughs> uh, in the opening, like 20 minutes, uh, you are told that all this has happened. Uh, Prince Rassler is killed in the war, and the capital, Nabudis of uh, Nebradia, is destroyed in a big explosion. And the king uh, of Dalmasca is assassinated. And so Nebradia is taken over, and Dalmasca has to basically submit to the empire. And that's where we're at. Princess Ash is presumed dead. Um, and the Marquis Andor, who's from a like a free state, doesn't seem like he's a real kingdom, right? 
the sky city of Bijaba. Yeah, Bijaba is just like a free state place. He's he declared that it was the Damascan captain Bosch who did who killed the king, uh, and the Ash committed suicide because of all of her family dying. Uh, we cut to two years later, and you are a ragtag street urchin named Vaughn, who's hanging out with his uh, childhood friend Pinello, doing like random street things like helping other kids who are orphans and working for the shopkeeper doing odd jobs. Uh, and this is as the Arcadian Prince Vane Solidor is coming in to rule over the city. And he gives a big speech about how, yes, his country conquered theirs, but he's really just a good guy if you get to know him. Uh, he is just Gold Ducat of Final Fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And you're like, man, this is going to be really interesting. They have a Gold Ducat of Final Fantasy, and then they don't do anything <laughs> with it. But we'll get to that. Um <laughs> Vaughn gets roped into, like, going into the palace to steal stuff, right? He's just trying to get money, right? Yeah, he he goes into steal... Well, there's a whole conflict... We'll talk about this conflict, but yes, yes. he is going to steal stuff. Uh, and he runs across a Balthier and Fran, who are two sky pirates. Balthier is like, a what if Han Solo but fantasy? And Fran is a bunny lady. Um, and they're looking for a magical MacGuffin crystal. Uh, and also at this exact time, the resistance led by a mysterious woman who is definitely not the dead princess Ash, uh, but is actually just the dead princess Ash is here to, uh, be a resistance and they all end up tagging up together. Um, they get thrown in prison. They meet the guy who killed the King supposedly Bosch. He didn't actually kill the King and you are now trying to overthrow the empire and reestablish Ash as the leader of Damasca by appealing to the Marcus Andor and another kingdom that we never see called R- Rosaria, right? Yeah. Rosarian uh, empire, uh... the other empire who is also maybe bad, but we never see. And they're good in this instance. Well, yes. Yeah, so the, the, okay. That's the plot of the game. That is the setup of the game. Yes. We have to do the uh, a slightly shorter version of the the story now because this is the point where nothing happens for the rest of the game. Um, so the party is formed. Yes. What happens next? Uh, you are tasked. Uh, basically, Ash is tasked, and everyone else goes along with her because they are tied <laughs> along in her retinue to go get a crystal that will prove she's alive and the queen, or it should be the queen. And then that crystal gets destroyed. So she needs a different crystal that only her bloodline knows about to go prove that she's the king or should be the queen. And then they actually find a sword that can cut these crystals because the bad guys are using these crystals to fuel like weapons of magical mass destruction. And she's like, I'm going to use this sword to kill the crystals. And then the, someone asked the question, should we actually be killing the heirlooms if we can use them to power our own rebellion and overthrow the empire? Uh, because this is also weird Lord of the Rings analog sometimes. And then she's tasked to get a bigger crystal and she goes there and the people who live inside that crystal give her a cooler sword to cut crystals with to go destroy the biggest crystal of all uh, and free the people of magical dependence. And she's like, I don't know if that's the good idea or not. Maybe I shouldn't destroy the source of all magic, even though it's only been used for evil in this scenario. Um, <laughs> and then war happens, but only for like 20 minutes. Uh, and then the day saves. Yes. Hooray. Right. Uh, Vane dies. Vane dies. He's the bad guy. <laughs> he's the if you don't boss. forget, if you forgot, he's the guy who came in as the gold cod of this thing, but then he sucks. And there's a lot of like political posturing in 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 the game about like, oh, things are gonna pop off. There's a lot of moving parts here. And you literally just walk across the map, find a thing, kill the guy. Like nothing is happening in the story. It's a very simple story. Yep. Um, this game has a big reputation of being very complicated. Yes. Uh, every every five hours, you'll get a excerpt from uh marquis ondor's like history of this part of the world where he puts it all in very flowery language that tries desperately to convince you that actual things of import are happening as you go and find your third magical crystal macguffin 
yeah. So safe to say, we really didn't like the story of this game, um, but it takes quite a bit to explain why. So I think we should start like the first section of the game and all the interesting things that it sets up that it eventually does very little with. Yes. Um, so the opening of the game is really cool because first of all, it, uh, it sets you up with two separate Final Fantasy protagonists um, who, you know, um, both die in the first 20 minutes. Yes. Uh, and that's interesting enough. Like, uh, if it was just one, you'd be like, yes, that's boring. You just, you killed the guy. But it does it with two. It does it twice. Yes, it is uh, Prince uh, Rostler, uh, who is Ash's husband and uh, Rex. That's his name, right? And Rex, yes. R-E-K-S. Yes, who is Vaughn's older brother. We find out very quickly yeah. into the game. Uh, so it's that uh, the um, the way that the relationships in the empire are really interesting. So like, um, fake Bash works in who you eventually learn is um, Gabranth. Uh, yes, he walks in and basically stabs. Um, I feel like we should have stab- in this. In the Arcadian Empire has judges. They are like basically yes. fantasy Darth Vader's. Golbez is back, and there's six of them now, and they all suck. Uh, and they they are the thing on the cover. They wear inor- ornate helmets, and they are like the like generals but also like they seem to have almost like a priestly like we will decide who lives and dies kind of nature to them and one of them looks just like Bosch. almost like judges yes uh one of them looks exactly like Bosch, and you're like how could this be for 20 hours until someone says oh your brother Bosch." (laughs) (laughs) uh so well no because like the game's like yes but the game starts with uh a much more interesting premise which is uh this a small country is being eclipsed by an empire and the empire is bigger than it. It will win. It is like, that is the fact of empire. It is massive. How do you resist this? Um, and the king's response is to surrender and attempt to protect his people in the bad situation the best he can. Uh, and uh, fake Bush Gabranth's response is to be like, I'm going to stab you um, because I don't think we should surrender. Uh, that, on the face of it, interesting conflict. Uh, you meet Bush and he's like wearing the stain of this. Um, and I'm like, oh, I guess we'll learn why he thought it was necessary, why the most loyal soldier thought it was necessary to kill the king for the good of the kingdom. Um, he didn't. It was his brother. It was the bad thing to do, actually. The, the, it sets up so many interesting things and then walks away from them being complicated. Yes. <laughs> or in any way, like, there's a lot of moving parts, but they're not, like, complicated to consider morally or, you know, in terms of their themes. Yes. There's no... The, the conflicts are reduced across the board. Okay. Um, do you want to just talk about the characters then? Like, individually, like we always do for one of these? Yeah, let's go through the characters. Okay, so we have Vaughn, the much maligned lead character of Final Fantasy XII. Uh, the thing that people always say, and it's kind of like just become like the meme around this game, is that Vaughn's a bad character. Uh, he doesn't. He does nothing to contribute to the plot and doesn't matter and it'd be better if the game was centered around ash or Bosch, depending on if you're asking uh, a man or everyone else <laughs> <laughs> yes uh i like Vaughn a lot i think this um the 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 uh reading of him as like completely pointless to the game is kind of silly when the back half of the game is bad on a lot of fronts yes um, <laughs> the failure like, has nothing to do stuff- with Vaughn. <laughs> 
like the stuff with him at the start is where the game is most interesting like him walking around the city and trying to balance how he can deal with living under the thumb of an empire is really interesting and good you go walk around and you talk to all the people in Ravenestra and everyone like all the NPCs have different perspectives on how to like how does the empire invading my country relate to my personal life am I one of the rich people who is like oh I think we should deal with this and it's not we're all gonna get through because I like my status hasn't really changed you know is the people trying to resist him and then even when like within Val's resistance like one of the early cutscenes is he steals uh, he like pickpockets from the empire because he's like I'm getting it back for me and then Penel's like well you are and that's true but then you're just keeping it and not like helping people with it so are, are you being good here um and he's like well yeah I guess but I do really want the money Penelo <laughs> which is valid and good um and then all that stuff fades away as the quest begins and they have to go uh collect all the stuff and then like he is less important but yeah like there is stuff for him to do and he has value to the plot i think him and ash have a really good connection uh with their like ghost friends but van's ghost friends stop showing up after about 12 hours yes um and they stop having scenes they just stop they just stop having scenes and like i guess one way to read that is that he was added late and they didn't do much with him but another way to read that is they don't engage with the stuff the game is about very much as the story goes on and it becomes just too plot heavy yes but also, like, none of, like, it's it plot heavy with the flimsiest shit in the world. Yeah, so once we've done the characters, we're going to get into what the plot yes. actually is, because we still haven't said what the plot is of this game. Okay, so for as much as- we, have Vaughn's, yeah. we have Vaughn's very good friend in Voice of Reason, Pinello, who is a nice girl, who is the conscience of the game, supposedly, in the first three hours, and then she doesn't get a single line for the rest of the game, basically. <laughs> occasionally during the cutscenes it'll cut to her and she'll be like what should we do next and like like someone remembered to give Penelo an exposition line yeah um most forgotten yeah it's a shame because i think she's like a just a a person who is normal and remains normal the entire game would be very useful to have in a game where everyone is on their bullshit all the time but they give her nothing to do Especially in contrast to Van, who has the same, like, she's in the same situation, but is trying to escape this through, like, these dreams of becoming a sky pirate and this, like, yes. perfection of how I can escape and be- win my freedom. And she's more just like, how do we get by day to day in this shitty world? Yep. Uh, in increasing order of importance, we have Fran. Um, Fran stands around in her normal clothes, um, mostly talking about the nature and the mist with. <laughs> Uh, very strange accent so this Um, uh this scenario introduces a bunch of like fancy races one of them being the viera who are very tall bunny ladies who wear lingerie and weird heels over their weird rabbit feet at all times that's just what they do and they are they are the mystical nature we live in trees and commune with the spirits of the earth kind of people um and fran is absolutely one of those yep um but She's been like kicked out because she left. She left the woods. She went to. She went to mingle with the Humes. Yes. <laughs> the Humes. Yes. That's that's all the plot she gets. She she always walks in and says, "I feel something amiss with the mist." And then sometimes it freaks her out. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. Well, they they it freaks her out like uh, halfway through the game, and then every other time they come across mist, she's like, "Oh, am I gonna freak out this time?" She never does. No, she never does. Only the one time, um, uh, and she has left her village and her people and her whole way of life behind to hang around with Balthier, the leading man of this story, uh, sky pirate captain, vest wearing, dashing Balthier, who is just ridiculous. He's just Han Solo, but a fancy lad. Uh, he's the leading man. Yes. 
yes, his affectation, much like Snow, is to constantly talk about how he's the leading man. Uh, yeah, it's weird how much Snow is just him American Balthier. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I like Balthier a lot. Um, he has a secret, obviously, because he's a secret judge. Um, um, also, uh, his dad is fucking. Also, his dad is sad, and he's like super crucial to the plot. Yes. yes. Uh, and then another character who isn't in the party is also a secret judge later in life. <laughs> Everyone's a secret uh, judge. Don't worry about it. Everyone's a secret judge. Uh, and then we have um, Bosch, uh, Bosch von Ronsenberg. He's the one who was accused of killing Moscow. the king. Um, he meet him in prison and he's like, I didn't kill the king, I swear. And that's what he gets to do. His fake evil twin brother gets everything to do in this game and then you're like Bosch is barely a character and then at the end of the game Bosch decides that he's going to live the life of his dead brother and you're like man you really didn't have anything to do huh <laughs> uh, we will talk about the end of the game after this because I, I can't get into that Bosch stuff now I can't I can't oh Bosch has nothing to do other than have a sick scar and his abs are out at all times much like Vaughn much like Vaughn yep. yes uh, and then the most important character should be the unit of this game, should be a, a hero of all heroes, uh, but unfortunately is written very badly. Uh, we have Ash, who is the princess of a, uh, you know, of Damascus, which is a kingdom that doesn't have the, like, strength in a world dominated by empire to, like, assert its uh, agency. Then what do you do in that? What do you do in that situation? Do you come back? How do you best fight for your people? These are all questions the game doesn't ask answer. Instead, decided to ask the question, what if you used the nukes? Yes. What if you had the bad magical MacGuffin and you used it to overthrow the bad empire and make it a good empire? Uh, what if... And it asked this question for about 20 hours. Yes. What if Lord of the Rings, but without any emotional investment? Yeah. And certainly every third cousin is like, is she going to take revenge on the empire? She could destroy the empire with the Nethersite. Um, what if they just gave the one at, ring to Aragorn and had him question using it the entire trilogy and then do nothing with it? I've been reading Lord of the Rings recently. Yes. This is the world's shittiest Lord of the Rings knockoff. It doesn't understand... Like, Lord of the Rings, a lot of problems. Not here to say that, like, it's a good moral story in terms of what it's about in, like, necessarily, right? There's a lot of big issues with it. What it does do is un its metaphor is clear and also like scary and insidious, insidious in a way that the Nethersite is just it's just a big gunstone. It powers the weapons. Yes. Um like it the ring is scary because of the scenes with Boromir. The ring is scary because of like the small scale stuff. Yes. And the way you see it interact with these characters who you like and are eventually rendered unable of doing like the basic obvious good things because of its seduction, right? Like very simple that is how it works. But here you have none of that. It's just, do you want to use the magic thing to take the bad revenge? Yep. Anyway, those are the characters. Yeah, that's that's what they get. That's their entire plots, basically. Honestly. <laughs> and it's a shame because like, I'm very down on this game right now. We, I'm just complaining about it. But I really thought the first... Like third was setting like there's so many interesting things it's setting up and it does nothing with yeah so the structure of the way this game is presented is like a fake mmo where you're you're spending a lot of time walking around town talking to a bunch of npcs uh like the main town is like four separate zones that you move through and they're just full of people uh and when the game presents like story beats it's like elaborately constructed like fake fantasy worlds with a ton of terms and everyone speaks a ridiculous like very fancy lord of the rings but through the lens of star wars like fake fantasy accent uh so everyone's just on airs in a way that's like very much convincing you you are getting the world building 
in a way that the game never pays off by doing anything with. Yeah. So, like, when I was playing this game, I was convinced that at some point we would have to go... Like, the game starts and it's about this proxy war uh, between um, the Rosarian Empire and the Arcadian Empire, which is two warring empires that you are caught in the middle of. Yes. Um, so I'm like, oh, at some point we'll see both of these empires. We'll see both of them, how they interact and how like all of these parts will come into play and a set of dominoes will come falling down and we'll like, somehow emerge the other side. Uh, that never happens. The Rosarian Empire never really get involved. You meet one um, yeah. Rosarian person who is all Sid, who is just like a weird, like, he's basically like Puss in Boots from Shrek shows up. <laughs> yeah, literally just like, we're not exaggerating at how like weird and bad he is. Yes, he's just, um, he's just got glamorous hair and is like doing a weird like Latin lover kind of nebulously brown and sexy shtick. And it's a lot. Yep. Um... And I guess in that sense, it's good to be in the Rosarian Empire. Yes. If they're the nebulously brown and sexy empire, which of course they are. Like, of course they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the Rosarian Empire are fighting as part of this resistance also because they're, like, investing in this proxy war. And it's, like, mentioning these things. But we like, the game never really engages with the fact that we have, like, two empires that aren't better than each other fighting over a tiny kingdom. Like, these aren't things that uh, the game is... Ends up reckoning with, even though the start of the game is much more about the quiet process of imperialism. As you talk to everyone in Rabinaster, as you try to get your like uh, the valuables of your people back, um, and it's much like the game at the at the start seems to be saying that like war is just the beginning, right? This is just the way this is expressed, um, and so we come to this peacetime and we realize this is the false peace and what does this mean how did this express itself how do these characters relate to that and then the by the end of the game they just put another guy in charge of the empire and say we have peace now <laughs> like that is literally what they do and they're like ah oh, we have avoided war truly that is all that matters here and it's like night and day from what the game appeared to be about and i was so surprised and taken aback by how nothing it was yeah um and this all comes on the back of the actual plot of the game, which, stop me if you've heard this one before. <laughs> so, you go to the Great Crystal, right? You go um, try to find out what's going on. 30, 30 to 40 hours in, you go to the Great Crystal. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you go to find you the, the Akurians, that's what they're called, I think. Yes. Um, and they are the secret gods of this world. Uh, they are the Curians. They have been guiding humanity for generations. And it turns out that uh, the reason that um, the Arcadian Empire has such incredible technology is because one of the Akurians betrayed the others and said, we should give this technology to the people. We should not be like controlling their lives. Uh, uh, and so just hangs around with Sid saying, here, use a super technology and then you will free yourselves from the gods' influence and humanity will be free to assert its own destiny. So yet again, we have... All these games are the same, and I didn't, don't just mean Final Fantasy, because I think Final Fantasy is actually not always this, uh, but I've played, like, four games that are this in the last three months. Yes. Um, where you have one side who 
are the bad guys who want to kill the gods slash metaphors for gods. Right, they want to kill the structure by doing the bad evil thing. Uh, Then you have the good guys who will be told by the gods that they know are bad and ultimately untrustworthy, um, but also they could carry out their will to, like, save the world from violence, but will nominally in the middle of that look for a third way. Uh, And the difference in all of these games is how much of a third way can we find and what does that look like, right? Yes. Um, And in this game, the answer is no third way. (laughs) They just do what the gods tell them. (laughs) For a second goes, what if we found a third way and then they forget about it (laughs) because the game is over? Yeah, like they just destroy the thing, and I'm like, ah, oh, we are freed from the influence of magic. And I'm like, but you're not freed from the influence of gods dictating you, you ter- the you've entire whims of society. Status quo where you're all controlled by like six evil space gods that didn't exist until two hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> just because you got um, rid of one of them who was like really into accelerationism doesn't mean that the rest of it is okay. Yeah, and so the like my reaction to this was that Final Fantasy X is amazing one of maybe the best version of a jrpg that exists because it's this exact plot which is not just jrpgs because like this is like gundam in a sense as well this is uh this is like every metal gear game the the thing that kojima did was he ripped off this exact plot but like replaced gods with technology and everyone thought he was a genius (laughs) Um, um and like that you know like this is a common plot structure uh you know replace it happens everywhere um and in Final Fantasy X, it is one of the only ones that I have seen where not only is the gods running everything not a surprise, but also every character knows this. Every single character in the world knows the truth of the world, uh, or at least has access to that knowledge, right? They yeah. they are all, for the most part, aware of the deal, because the way the game is structured is about Titus realizing what society yeah, is. Yeah, they, they literally spend every... the first five hours explaining to him what Yevon is all about. Yeah, and so... It rings so much more true when it's not about all everything's being secretly controlled. Shall we kill them or shall we keep society as it is because we don't want violence? It becomes much more about you see the reaction of every individual to the truth. Some of them like will deny it and create their own narrative. Some of them will like lean in. Some of them will, like you know how do we do this? And then two thirds of the way through the first game, they kill the god. Yeah, and they have to come up with another solution. Like. That, that that option is gone. They have to find something else. And also the game, um, like, in the build-up to that and in the follow-up of that, spends a lot of time showing how materially that changes the lives of literally yes. everyone living in the world. Uh, there's an entire second game about that material change. Yes. <laughs> like, it is invested in that in a way that these stories rarely are. And I'm like, Final Fantasy can't follow this. Like, it can't do this again because it feels... Like, this would be kind of weak in any game and I'd be kind of disappointed but coming off the back of maybe the best version of this plot I've seen, maybe the most like invested in its themes and invested in its like material world building, um, to the game that like purports to be that but actually doesn't care. Yes. Uh, is it was like I was really upset by the end of this game. Not upset, but I was really disappointed. Really, like you were on Skype with me. Yes. <laughs> for basically the entire last few hours. And at every single point, I predicted the, like everything that was going to happen. Yes, but in the joking, what would be the worst thing to happen here? And it was always the exact thing they were going to do. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I bet Lars is going to show up. He's going to sacrifice himself for him. Oh, no, there he goes. Um, stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, so like, I come to Final Fantasy for these like broad thematic gestures, right? Because we 
I like 10, I like 7. These games are not well written in the sense of the dialogue is necessarily very good and flows well. Um, they are games that get by by being about things and caring very, very much about what they're about. Yes. Um, 12 is infinitely more consistent in its tone. Infinitely yeah. more, like... Oh look! It feels like a real thing where yeah. everyone talks and the the, you know. the thing the thing that's really interesting about twelve and it's only revisiting that I realized it is so much of the dialogue is like it has an incredible localization that went to great efforts to give everything like a very specific type of tone and dialect and to try yes. to like enrich the world and they they just nailed it out of the park. What it looked what it reads like in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen when we played this game is that someone just looked at Final Fantasy and said, "Put Game of Thrones in it, please." <laughs> Yes, but like not actual Game of Thrones, right? Because no one had read that. Yes, but everyone just makes these like very grand, almost self-parody now that there's like a TV show that does this all the time where you take the like flimsy plot and you have people speaking very like fake Britishly over the top of it. And it's important now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and it works like it convinced everyone that it's important and I get it because it's an incredible localization like it's I can't stress enough how good it is yes um, but it's the but, thing it's about is 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 vapid there's nothing there there's nothing there like should we yeah uh, the thing that struck me is at the end of this journey like I think of like the plot of this game where Ash flips back and forth about whether she's going to use the magic crystal to liberate her kingdom and save her people or whatever and this is the first four hours of Final Fantasy 4 and then it fixes that and moves on to other things because you can't do this for it like that long because the heroes are the heroes. They're going to make the right choice or they're going to make the bad choice and become anti-heroes. And then the game's about that. And 12 just lives in the like, will I, won't I make the choice to be the bad guy or not forever. Remember in Final Fantasy 13 where Hope was deciding whether or not he was going to kill Snow for about 10 hours. Yes. That's the central conflict of this game. Yeah. Like it's that, That's and what like That's what... we're like thirteen detractors here, kind of. But uh, oh, I want to talk about. Yeah, that. so we'll talk. We'll come back around to that at the very end here. Uh, I think that'd be the last thing we talk about here. But um, okay, uh, the characters in the world react to Hope being like that with like annoyance and disgust that he's just still on his bullshit when everything else is happening. Like ten hours into him looking at that knife, being like, "Should I stab Snow or not?" And they're like, "No, <laughs> we're trying to fight the space Pope. We need him." <laughs> Yep. Oh, lightning's good. <laughs> Claire. Claire returns. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and in this game, most of those cutscenes aren't even, like, Ash's uh, interiority isn't really dramatized. There's a lot of other characters looking at her going, oh, will she do it? Will she take revenge? Will she have it within her to do the good thing? Yes. Uh, and by already coding the things as the good thing and the bad thing you've already like removed all tension from them. if this game ended with her being like fuck it i'm using the metanethosite it's just a tool i'm blowing up the empire best game ever made yes but <laughs> in, yeah instead they instead you know, they everyone opines about her opinion she gets no interiority other than she sees the ghost of her dead husband every once in a while but that turns out to also be fake uh, oh! uh, and then at the end yeah. all the characters are like oh Ash is queen now she's moved away from us we don't really understand her anymore and I was like dudes you did not understand her from the jump there was nothing here uh, yeah. uh, and the Lord of the Rings comparisons become very funny during the epilogue because they're like oh she's a queen she never talked to us anymore but we all get to see her today and I'm like Lord of the Rings ended with the you will bow to no one yes. scene but also like Final, like, Final Fantasy 9 spent hours having Garnet interact with the characters and understand yes. what it was like to like interact with normal people when you were a queen your whole life and that's what the game was about yes 
And like nine before this was the peak of ah, it's fine, but it's fairly vapid and not as interesting in what it's about. Yeah. Um. But like twelve makes nine look very considered and thoughtful and deep. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, like it does. It spends the time on those things in a way this game just doesn't do. Yep. And like it had a like messy development cycle. It's very possible they just pulled the back half of this game completely yeah. out of their ass and shipped it. There's a lot of there's just but, whole like especially the back half of the game. There's just whole segments where you're like there should be like plot around why we're here and what we're doing, and there just isn't. Like you read a scroll and then you climb a tower and then you fight a boss and you move on to the next thing. Yeah, that like it doesn't allow the way things um like flow together because it doesn't have the scenes for it yes um it like they spent their money on the action scenes but any transitionary moments of how we get from place to place it's just you go walk there and then a thing happens you literally go um, from arcades like the, the heart of the empire to like a weird pirate town in like a jump i didn't cut. know how we got there yeah i didn't know how we got there because like um russell shows up no russell what's his name what's the what's the philomar's name uh god i don't remember now <laughs> Uh, anyway he shows up um like while you're finding uh sid in arcades and uh sid runs off like i'm going to this place definitely don't follow me this couldn't be a trap (laughs) um uh and so they all decide to follow him but then they like hard cut to balfenheim and they're like we're gonna go follow him from here and i'm like you went in arcades a minute ago his name is redis Um, by the way redis thank you yeah uh uh, yeah, so it's just it's just very like strung together in a way that um, Final Fantasy games before this didn't feel, um, and all Final Fantasy games after this would feel. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> is that all we want to say for the story? Um, I, I mean, I really hate the, the ending. I don't know, like the emp. So yeah, they're you, friends with the Empire. You you beat you beat Vayne Solidor, the bad guy. He merges with the God. You beat that because of course you do. Uh, and then you freed everyone from magic. Cut to uh, what a year later, and now Larsa, his younger brother, is in command, and you're just friends with him because you've been rolling with him the entire game on and off. And everyone's at peace because you just agreed that your oppressor was good now when they backed off a little. And everyone has moved on with their lives. And it's like literally a letter narrated that some of these characters have been missing. And we don't talk to Ash much anymore. And it's three minutes and we're out. The year is 0080. Um, the year is 0080. Yeah, like they just do that. Um, but the the stuff with uh, like Lars's whole thing from the game, like he's literally a child. He is a child and his belief is that, oh, if we could just talk nicely to everyone, then the Empire doesn't have to be evil. Uh, and the game treats him like a child, like, you're an idiot. That's not, <laughs> that's not true, Larsa. Turns out. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, he's just right yes. and in charge. <laughs> yep. Like, but there are scenes early on where he does that and it literally like leads to his downfall because he doesn't understand like the reality of politics and Empire and the way that ends up manifesting at the end of the plot is he picks up a sword once to be like, now I'm willing to fight for my belief and that's why I'm right. Also, he sounds like that. So he's very funny. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't like, yeah, I like Larsa, but the fact that he is elevated to like the actual thematic voice of the game is weird. Yes. Um, the fact that Bosch just goes and beco- becomes a judge, basically. Yeah, he just takes over weird. for his brother, who was the second. He was literally the Darth Vader to Emperor Palpatine, and he's like, "I will do this, but good now." And, and Rosario's still there, but we haven't talked about them ever. No, they don't matter. We so, don't ever hear anything about them. So yeah, and so the game ends up feeling um, 
just incredibly frustrating, about nothing, empty, all the ideas got thrown out the window. Uh, it's probably my least favorite Final Fantasy story. That includes 13. Like, yep. I think 13, um, you know... I would, I would, ab- I would absolutely agree. Like, and I've played some Final Fantasy you have not. Like, I'll even include like something like two in this, which is not a great game by any stretch. Story's still better than this. Yeah, but then we come to the video game. Yeah, so we'll talk about like the comparisons to other Final Fantasy. Final later. Fantasy Twelve, so. bad story. One of the best RPGs to play that has ever existed. <laughs> yeah, the actual part where you play the game, incredible, <laughs> yeah. perfect system. Uh, not perfect. No, it feels like a first attempt. But considering no one else has done this yet, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. The change into big MMO style areas where there's no like changing to a battle map. You're just running around. You see the enemies, you run up on them, you pull aggro, you attack mostly automated because everything went up and you gambit. So all you do is like kind of roam around at double or quadruple speed as you listen to a podcast and see the numbers go up. Best thing in the world. You know, why I don't like MMOs because the multiplayer part, you know what I'd really like more single player MMOs, please. <laughs> What if you could be a single-player MMO, but also program your party members to do things Yeah, I don't even have to click on the enemies to watch them explode. It'll just do that for me. I just have to steer. So you can, like, zone out, play the game, listen to a podcast, do other things. Like, it is designed to be secondary in ways that are really... And, like... Uh, but it also functions very well when you get to the boss fights and you have to like think about tactics like it functions well on both fronts like as an active rpg where you're making decisions and fighting enemies it's good as a passive rpg where you're zoning and leveling up it's good it's good on both fronts yes um it's great um the changes that the zodiac job system which was what the this one's called right Yes, uh, yes, the yeah. Zodiac Age. That's the thing they add. Uh, they added. Yes, the game's called Zodiac Age. This is where I get mixed up here. Because uh, I still just think of it as Zodiac Job System. Uh, is In the original game, the way this works is you fight enemies, you gain experience, but you also gain AP, which is your, or LP, your license points, which you get a big board that's like a sphere grid, but doesn't have any direction to it. It's just like a big grid where you buy the ability to equip armor or weapons or the abilities or the magic you would use um and then you are licensed to use them because the whole idea is that everything this is a bigger thing in finally tactic advance which also takes place in this kind of world setting a little bit where the judges decide what can and can't be done so you must buy the licenses to be able to do things like equip a red hat <laughs> um yeah um and so you you do that stuff but in that game everyone shared the same board uh like everyone by the end of the game if you bought all the licenses just was a multi-class could do whatever you wanted uh and this re-release creates 12 jobs that you have to choose uh what job your character start with and then what they will double class into as the game goes on um and you can reuse the classes if you want. You don't have to use every single class, but you can't respec when you're done. Um, and each class gets a specific board that they can use. And there's a decent amount of overlap along some things, but uh, they end up feeling like very different characters with different, very different utilities and how you double class them uh, adds a lot more nuance. The problem is if you are playing this game for the first time, you have no idea what any of this means when you go into it. <laughs> Yeah, you have to make these choices, uh, and there's no way to respec it. Like the fact there's no way to respec is stupid. Like straight yes. up, they should have allowed you. To Especially in the re-release, where like I get it when this was the like international version. Like you played the game before, play it again with this cool new battle system nuance added. Like yeah, you know kind of what you want in these characters to be. For people playing this re-release, they have no idea what the original game was like. Most people didn't play this game in 2006 who are playing it now. Uh, you should probably give them the ability to decide they made a mistake and walk that back. Or even just like, hey, 
what is my recommended setup here? What yep. is like a default? Because I because like, you have to choose Vaughn's initial thing when it's just him and the party member. And I'm like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah, so it's very unfriendly and requires you to look things up. Um, and well, in looking things up, you will also, which is what I did. Uh, I played this game in a way that I kind of regret. Um, in the the game allows min-maxing very much, and I will just do that because if you give me the option to make pick the best choice, I will pick the best choice every time. Um, I mean, the one thing about this game is that no one can agree on what the best. There's no like accepted. This is the right way to set your party up. Sure, but I went and looked up. Okay, what does complement each other well? Because I didn't know which one did at the start. So my only reference to this was to go look up what complement each other well. So of course I just like picked what I thought complemented each other well, um, and it ended up working out very well. And I had some characters that could just do insane damage. Yep. <laughs> you know, like so. A part of me is considering. I think I might play this game again, skipping all the cutscenes, uh, play trying to do it properly and without like grinding or anything, but just you know roll a dice. <laughs> Uh, when it comes time to pick a pick a class, because uh, I I think that like it allows for these it allows for this interesting variance and in how you play through the game. But for your plus first playthrough, it's very confusing. But now I feel ready. I can go back and engage with these systems in a much more deliberate way. Well, you need a you need a white mage and you need a bushi and everything else is optional. That is the actual oh, truth. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, my bushi was uh, about there. Uh, it was a bushi and the one of the spear one was the ulan. I think. Okay. Um, so just damage for days yeah. damage beast um, and I, I found Muramasa with him so was hitting everything for five hits with insane damage yep and then a white mage to keep everyone alive because the because this is like a big MMO and you're doing like in between save points where you're out in the field you're like an hour between parts you can stop uh, you need someone who could cure every status effect all the time you sure do yep. Unless you really want to blow through items like crazy, because uh, which is a bad idea, because the game is really money limited until the end, where you have way more money than you know what to do with. Yeah, no, the money is difficult to manage because it's all driven around loot. Yep. Um, and and the um, in this way, the min maxing also. Um, I made mistakes here. Um, not necessarily mistakes, but I I deliberately set up my um character to take best advantage of the systems at play right like i would give someone a steal uh gambit for everyone above 90 percent. so they would usually steal one time and then we'd get my head in yep that's how that would normally work yeah. so you give someone that gambit um you occasionally set up poachers if that's like a valuable thing sometimes you put like the stealing or the double xp bangle on someone but then that's a lot of things taken up with i am specking my character to efficiently move through the systems rather than to like fight people well i mean that's, I that's part really of the game that's part of the game also though right sure but then i ended up really over leveled and maybe that was a good decision, and I just like waltzed through the entire back half of the game, killing most people in two hits. It wasn't until the final form of the final boss that I had to start like actually engaging with my gambits again. Yes. So the thing, one of the things that's interesting about the design of this game is that so much of the side content is like much more difficult than where you're when you first encounter it in the video game. Um, mm -hmm. In where there's like whole spaces you can easily get to that you should not go to till towards the end of the game. Um, 
yeah. But if because you... I didn't go into the uh, Necrol and Abadis, Yeah, right? but there's like this. Uh, there's also this whole like the main subquests of this game, like side stories of this game, are like monster hunts, which are fun to do because you fight like alternate boss monsters and you get good rewards, and they're usually fun fights. Uh, but your options are you either follow them when they show up and get over leveled for the rest of the game. That's why I did. Or you save them until the end, and then you have to fight through thirty boring ones before you get to the ones that are appropriate for your level. Yeah, like that's that's definitely what I did, and I am um, have regrets about that. Oh right? like, yes, because uh, my best fights in the game was when I was doing some of the really hard monster hunts. Yes, um, I remember. One, I remember the was... time we were on Skype where you wandered into a like summon boss battle, and you were not prepared for it, and just like yes. decided you were going to brute force till you figured it out, and you did that, and you were like, "That was great." Yeah, no, it's great. Like those fights are really cool. Yeah, because um, I wanted that. Oh, that something was cool. There's a fight with this um, slime type thing it was a i think it was a flan um but a big one it was down in sewers mm-hmm. um and th- it was really hard like it was one of the really the hardest hi- hunt i had done at that point mm-hmm. uh and it kept like doing regen and also kept bringing in other enemies from the side because its pattern would move it closer to them so i had to try to keep figuring out how to like pattern manage it um had to uh, set up my quickenings so that I could bring a single party member in and hope that I could get a lot of rolls on refilling the magic bars and the empty party members. Yep. Uh, so I was just engaging with all the systems to their fullest uh, level and trying to beat this fight, and it was very fun and engaging. Um, but you have to be perfectly pitched for every battle to work like that, and the game doesn't give you a track to stay on that path. Yes. Um, which is a shame, because uh, I think the actual... Like, game is incredible when it's working in those moments yes i'd like i might go back and do the post-game stuff one day because i think it sounds really interesting and good yeah um that stuff i know is much harder so yeah i assume that stuff you just get to max level and it's it just expects you to be on on your shit yeah gotta make a uh, custom gambit just for this boss kind of stuff yeah uh so my so that's oh so my th- my experience with this i played this game when it was new in 2006 um yes. and enjoyed it there i had a good time um my opinion has changed quite a bit about some of it. Like I remember really liking the story and I was wrong and dumb back then. Uh, um, but um, the thing with that is the original game, the bosses in particular, like through the story were much harder than they are in this version. They have been toned down significantly in terms of the damage they do and the amount of damage you do to them. Same patterns. I remember the, how the boss fights go. I just remember them hitting so much harder. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was going to, go through this game we started early was going to play through everything do side stuff because i'd never done the hunts in the first game because uh right around the same time this game came out uh the wii came out and i i played this game and twilight princess around each other um <laughs> you want to talk about a double hit i i like 12 a lot um going up against twilight princess might have informed why i really like 12 because twilight princess remains a disappointment in 2019 um and uh so I, I realized that the bosses i could just run up and hit them with my normal like i just had my normal battle gambits and as because i knew i needed to focus on making sure someone was dedicated to healing i could just battle like war of attrition every boss and i was able to do that literally up through the last like until the last like four bosses of the game i just run in yes, do the things i didn't even use there's a whole mechanic where you get mischarges which allow you to do like limit break style yep. things didn't even use a single one of those i didn't even buy them uh because in the original release those were tied to your mp like each time you bought one your mp would go up by 100 um 
which you needed to be able to use magic, but they detangled that in this game where your MP is just higher naturally and over the course of the game. So you didn't even need to buy those. And I knew that they were the easy mode because you could just chain mischarges forever to do like infinite limit breaks and easily destroy bosses if you want to do it that way. It's very sad. I got a 10 chain on the final boss. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to play I didn't want to play that satisfying. game when I was already thought it was kind of easier than I remembered, so I didn't do that. So and I didn't use a single summon outside of the one time it asks you to use a summon because the plot asks you. I had to go into, we both had to go into the menu to buy that summon yes. to summon it for the for, to open the door. Yes. Um and so I just basically played this entire game with I'd run up and hit things with my sword and keep the healing going. And if it was we if it was strong against attack or was flying, I just made sure the black mages in my party casting like Thundaga instead. And that's it. That's literally the only thing I did. And it's a I feel like the game has been scaled too easy now. Where I remember having to construct gambits for bosses and I don't have to do that now. And I know that I am because we do this podcast, we are both better at video games than we were before we started normal mapping. That's just a natural tendency of we played a lot of these now but i also yeah. think that the game should ask a little more of you than it does <laughs> and like we like the games like the, the game part is great yes. we like it we have these complaints mostly because it's the only one of these that exists yes i would really uh, like, like another considered take on this style of game like i want to go play the xenoblade games because i know they also have like single player MMO yes. but they don't have the automatic battle stuff. no it's um, much more just choosing games. attacks and stuff uh, and that'll be fun. I'm excited for that, but it's not the same thing. Yep. This, this idea has not really been expanded upon, except in Final Fantasy XIII, because there was a part where I was um, going, how would I fix this? What would I do to like involve this battle system? And I eventually got set on the idea that like, you, you set all these gambits, but you don't have a way to change them. You don't have a way to be like, we have hit the next phase of the boss, begin pattern C, right? Like, yes. why can't we do that? And then realized I had just designed the Final Fantasy thirteen battle system. Yes. Like, that's just paradigm shift. Yes. Like, that game is all about, okay, switch, go. And it's like, the sat like that is one of the most satisfying things that game yes. is how good that moment is. Yes. And like, they it came from here. Also, the part where every boss, because it's going to heal, or every battle even, because it's going to heal you every time, is not about like managing your resources. It's about every battle you are going all out. You will use yeah, the best always. abilities you have at any given time. Uh, yeah, so you don't have to be like worried about that. Uh, Twelve is has some great like dungeon management stuff. You yes. actually have to think about your attrition and dungeon. I really like um, that in a video game, and it's a thing that I know that for reasonable reasons a lot of JRPGs have gotten away from. But I love that I got into the Great Crystal like I was an hour in and realized I didn't have the ability to cure a status effect that was really ruining my day and had to punch out with like no health because the status effect sapped your max MP uh, until you could get rid of it and had to go find a magic that would cure it because none of the shops sold the thing that would cure it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that stuff's really interesting and good. And like, yes, I get why games moved away from that. But like, the reason isn't because that's not fun. The reason is because the battles take too long in 3D games. Yes. This eliminates that problem by making the battles in like in the world and making them go fairly quickly. Yeah. It ends up making the game feel um, like it's a JRPG, right? But it feels Diablo-like. Yeah. It's copying from the same... Yeah, there's just, there's just no loot. It's just kill a thousand guys, get a chain up because you'll they'll there's no like equipped loot, but there's plenty of like mob loot that you will sell and you get better stuff if you chain similar enemy types together. So it does ask you yep. to like low level mind what you're doing when you're in a space. Mm -hmm. Oh, it gives you the option of doing yes. that. Because uh, it, it ends up very rarely mattering unless you're going after a specific yes. loot. Yeah, that's true. But if you're in an area where there's like 80% of one enemy and 20% of another, I'm going to go after the enemy that's 80% and just get a big chain up, get myself some good drops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
because it doesn't really ask you to fight everything. And there's like, if you're, if you're going through and like, just trying to fill out the map of every area, you're going to be leveled for the game. Like there's no point where I was under leveled for anything. Yeah, no, when I play this again in um, either a few months or probably like a year or so, because I really want to get into the side stuff, yeah. uh, I will just go through the game. I'll probably do the thing where I, you know, leave my um, Zodiac board to chance. That would that'd be really um, interesting. As long as you don't end up with like a red mage, white mage, and you're like, oh, this is worthless. Um, we'll see, I guess, right? Like, that's the, that's the luck of the draw. Yeah. I mean, there's literally party members, like, I didn't use my monk for anything. I don't really know what a monk does in that game. Uh, Pinello was my, it was my monk black mage. Okay. Uh, my monk was, uh, was Bosch and he was something else too. I don't remember what it was. Um, cause, uh, a monk black mage. Oh, time really mage. Well, I but I ended up not really using haste ever, uh, because I was running yeah, the game I at two times speed. <laughs> I thought I'd be using haste a lot more, but right, I could just speed the game up. Yeah, and my, my um, Vaughn was my Bushi, so he was already hitting really fast and, uh, like, a lot. So I didn't really feel like haste was super necessary. Haste is only necessary in, like, situations where I need it to, like, kill a boss faster. Yeah, but you compare, um, you compare haste in this game to haste in, like, 10, where haste is, like, the key of that game. Yeah, I mean, that's a game built around a time yes. battle mage. Like, that is, that's what the game yep. is, and it's very, oh, god. I think about going back to 10's battle system as well, doing all the, some of the side stuff there. Yep. Um, I will one day. Not yet, though. Mm-hmm. I'll probably do it on Switch when I can play it in bed. Yeah, that's fair. So long as that version's not broken. Yeah. Uh, can't imagine why it would be. Yeah. And uh, so, do you have anything else about the actual mechanics of playing the video game? Or do you want to talk about 13 now? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about 13. I don't know. Uh, I like the mechanics. I think that, you know, I think I said everything. Yep. Um, I will forever associate Final Fantasy twelve now with the Game of the Year Waypoint podcast from... 2018 because yep. <laughs> i listened to all of them while i was playing this game uh, yeah no it, it definitely allows for that kind of association the podcast game nature of it is very good yep. you chill out and play the game yep. um so yeah let's talk about the thing that this game by its nature makes almost impossible which is ranking it right like and that's an arbitrary thing it doesn't matter sure but, but we, we keep thinking we have, about it we have now played all of the final mainline final fantasies that we're going to play for this podcast the, we yeah, we have we I have a thought play about five. playing another game for this podcast in the future that is named Final Fantasy, but not one of these. It does yes, right? Does not count. Yes, um, and uh, so we're done. Like Jackson's probably going to play five um, at some point. I we'll probably both play fifteen. Eventually. Yes, I intend to play fifteen eventually, but we're not going to cover them here. Um, and yeah. so we're, this is it. But also, I have a whole LP about me complaining about Final Fantasy thirteen for forty hours. <laughs> You think it's really bad. I think it might be better than this game. <laughs> I 100% believe it is better than this game. So, like, that's what the question came down to for me, was what do I want from a video game, right? Like, what do I want a video game, or just a thing, like a piece of art to give to me? Do I want it to be good? Do I want it to be enjoyable? Do I want it to um, be a thing that, while I am engaged with it, I am not bored and not frustrated and having a good time? And that's most of the gameplay segments uh, of 12. Or do I want a game... Um, the once I have like engaged with it, it like continues to exist in my mind, and I think about it, and it has like provided me with an experience that I have felt was valuable. Um, because thirteen, both in its internally long cutscenes, uh, and its just tedious dungeons with no design and a battle system that's very fun but doesn't change. Every fight is identical. Uh, is a game that is 
unquestionably worse to play than 12 in basically every way. It's very frustrating. It's, it goes on forever. Um, and it annoyed us both. Yes. Uh, and the story is also hard to follow and everyone's written badly. Um, and the, like, the way it communicates emotion is bad. Uh, and it doesn't explain its world ever. It doesn't make any sense. But I think about it a lot. Yeah, me the too. The game, once once you understand what they were trying to get at and can see the whole picture, you're like, oh, there was an idea here. Yeah. You had a thing to say and you said it. I mean, that, that, idea, that idea is a little too close to what if Final Fantasy VII again, but I still yeah. like what it's doing a lot of the time. But, like, in many ways, you look at 13's plot and you see exactly how they got there, right? You see, like, this... We've had all these games, like, you know, you've got to go kill the gods or whatever, but we're also going to do what the gods want um, because we don't want the bad thing to happen. What if we made that, like, a fact of the universe? What if that was how the gods worked? Yep. Like, the Lassie thing could be really interesting. I think it's handled badly in the, like, moment-to-moment of the game, but as a thematic plot point, now I've played all these games, I understand how yeah. exactly why you do like, that. Like, they, they start from the, as, like, the whole, oh, we are cursed by the gods to do their bidding, and I guess we have to do that or die. And that's where a lot of these RPGs, like, end. That's their, like, third-act twist. And it's great, yeah. except for the part where if you don't live and breathe Final Fantasy as, like, a thing you're thinking about all the time, they don't explain any of that. <laughs> right. Like, I played Final Fantasy XIII first. It was one of my first RPGs I played. Completely incomprehensible. Now that I can have, like, have the context and I can see them do that exact plot, like, incredibly in ten, and also do that plot half-heartedly and badly here, I'm like, yes, of course you do that. Of course you make that choice. I mean, I... I played 13 when it came out and I had not played a Final Fantasy since I played 12 when it came out. None of that read for me, even as someone who had played all of the Final Fantasies. Like at this point, we have thought harder and more intensely in the past five years about Final Fantasy than probably people who work on Final Fantasy. (laughs) Some of them. Right. Like Nomura, I know you have not thought about Final Fantasy as much as us. (laughs) Uh, Look, he really just likes the spiky hair boys. Yes. Uh, Well, exactly. Right. Like, this is a thing you have to be really in deep doing reads on the like progressing themes of these games to understand why that's a significant and interesting choice. Yes. And not just a nonsensical thing in a world that doesn't like have any concepts. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like, this has made me like appreciate Final Fantasy 13. I understand its place. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go back to it. I'd like to go back to 13 too. Cause it's got the same battle system and it's a better game. Well, 13 two is a great it. video game. Uh, Mad that I know the ending. Whatever. I know the ending of a lot of games. I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm going to go see my fake Sora with his big shorts. Yes. Uh, uh, and yeah. And like, I have a lot of affection for that. And I'm glad that I can play this in this context. It's weird that it takes like this amount of work to be like, ah, Final Fantasy 13. You have value and I understand exactly why you are how you are. They should have spent more time developing you. Yes. But, but also, they any. spent a decade developing it. <laughs> but, like, you hear the stories about that, right? Where they're like, we didn't actually make the game until the last year. Yes. <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah, that's just Square Enix now. Like, that's literally what they do. That's literally what they do. They made the game for ten years, but they only spent a year actually doing the final game. Yeah. Um, it's amazing they exist at all. We... Like, you have, to, you have to have seen how big and important 7 and, like, 6 and 10 are to understand why Square Enix still exists now. Because there's nothing in modern era that would prove to you why this is a company that's still solvent. No. And they're still chasing that. Yes. And it's just bananas. Because they're never going to achieve it. Like, I came out of 12 thinking, um, because of the stuff about 10... 
and because of how it like made me think about 13 like i don't know what final fantasy can do under good circumstances to be like a great game again where do they go from here and these aren't questions that uh final fantasy is capable of answering because their main mode of operation is oh god <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> we need to release a video game what the fuck has happened why did we develop another engine <laughs> like <laughs> that is the 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 place that Final Fantasy is at these days. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where you go. Like, what? what is an interesting... What What would you do next? Where do you go from here? Um, and those are high-level questions that can't be answered until you have the low-level things figured out, which Square Enix will never do. Um, I guess 14 has the low-level thing figured out, but that also had to go through hell to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, admittedly, this is... All in the context of I don't care about MMOs, so 14 is always going to be a space that I just look at from afar and be like, man, I wish that was a game I like to play. I'm going to go play it. I'll report back. Um, everything I played so far made the like stuff seem cool. The story didn't have much going on, like these interesting themes. Like, just Final Fantasy fan service. Yeah. You know, I know in the expansion they get into more interesting stuff. Which which is fine, but, but I already played theater them like 70 hours. I don't need a different type of fan service. I live that life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I mean, there is stuff in that game. There yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I recognize that. I just know that I know, I know for a fact that MMOs are not for me. They are the opposite of how I think about consuming media. Uh, literally thinking about playing an MMO gives me anxiety. I cannot. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I get it because I, when I played fourteen for a month or so, I found found it very calming and good. And I really do want to go back to that. Uh, the one thing I wanted to come back to was like ten minutes ago. Now at this point, uh, you were talking about do I want media that like art that is like good or yes. something that, like that makes me. I mean, obviously that, that I can enjoy or that I can think about. And I am also the person who mostly wants something I can think about. This is why Episode Three is my favorite Star Wars movie and always will be. Yeah, no, it's, it's like this is the brand of our yes. like whole thing. But right? also, like, everyone knows about. Also, us. I really like East games and they're the definition of a game that is fun to play but has nothing else going on like there are there are modes in which i can think about this and our next game we're going to play i have a lot of thoughts in this exact same way where like i wish it was more about something and not just this again where like it's fun but i've done this enough times in my life i don't think i need to do it again um so what what separates east is it just the honesty of like east yeah east never attempts to like the story is light fluff you're like you enjoy it or you don't i i mostly enjoy them but like there's nothing you know the the like if you're gonna watch the movie of an east game it's gonna be like 20 minutes long (laughs) right (laughs) right like what even is yeah um so you go in knowing i'm just gonna enjoy the thing i'm gonna i'm gonna find a new dungeon run through it fight a big boss at the end level up a bunch go to the next dungeon do the same thing for 20 hours and the game's over also the games are 20 hours long at most like east one and two together are like 10 to 12 hours right the part where final mm-hmm. fantasy has to be 70 hours has to have a bunch of systems has to tell a great story has to look great and also has to revolutionize the structure of a jrpg every time it comes out is killing them it's been killing them for well, yeah. over a decade now and also they can't even like make a normal video game yes. let alone do any of that <laughs> um like yeah like seven remakes gonna come out i guess and it's going to be coming out for 20 years eventually trice is going to make another star ocean i'm not going to like it or play it but it's just going to be star ocean it'll probably be bad it'll be fine though it'll just be stars like the the aspirations for a lot of rpgs match their aims or if they are misaligned they're only misaligned a little like i don't really like persona 5 
I knew exactly what that game was going to be before it came out. It was that game exactly. I was not disappointed in any way. Final Fantasy I continues mean, to be a confusing mess of ambitions that are not represent the final product because the people making it are all working at opposite ends about the thing they're making. And also, like, leaving the company. And yes. Because uh, like, this game had development how the guy left because of, like, health reasons and he was, like, having a breakdown and stuff, which I'm very sympathetic for, understand. Seems like a hell company. I hope he's had a better time in the last few years, right? But, like... This churn keeps happening. This is a company that can't function very well. Yeah. You hear all these stories about Square Enix and these, like the production of these games, and I believe all of them because it's a disaster. It was. It and was. You can it just was. Tell. Eleven, twelve, and thirteen were all announced at the same time. <laughs> they were, weren't they? Yes. <laughs> They just cancelled the second season. They, they held a press conference to cancel 15's DLC. They had an exciting announcement about Final Fantasy 15, and it's that it's done. Fuck off. <laughs> this is what the company is. Yes. Every Final Fantasy 14 fan lives in fear of the hammer coming down on them every day. <laughs> they have a thing that is functional, that makes money, that everyone likes, and doesn't overscope, and they're just live their lives in fear one day yoshi p is going to want to do something else and he's no longer going to be able to protect them yeah he's going to leave and then that minute that happens they're going to scuttle the shit out of that thing (laughs) which is exactly what happened with the 15 dlc because he was like because there's interviews him being like i left i thought it was all in place which is very clear that he was like i want to go do another thing because this is boring but i'll i'll look after my team i'll get him set up and then he leaves and square are like get fucked guys (laughs) which of course (sighs) yeah it's I don't know. It's Final Fantasy means more to me than maybe any franchise of video games. Um, it means it, I don't, I don't, who does it mean more to in this day and age? I'm confused. I don't know. I wonder who what the question is because I'm like a I love it now. I just played these. Games. I mean, it's it's hard to like because yeah. my opinion of Final Fantasy is kind of like my opinion of Nintendo. Where like I've been a fan of Final mm-hmm. Fantasy for twenty years now. So it's it, I the intensity is not the same, but I care a lot about Final Fantasy. Right, I have yeah. low-level well, care come... a lot about Final Fantasy for the majority of my life. Exactly. And I've come in really late to a thing that doesn't really exist anymore, yeah. and now I've got very invested in it. Um, um, but um, I don't know where I was going with this, because you asked me this question and totally derailed this sorry. for me now. Um, well, you're going back, you've, you've cared a lot, you don't know what you want. Um, you know, that... No? No? No. no. So I guess, I guess the sorry. actual thing to do now... I demand it since you brought it up. What is your ranking of Final Fantasies? We have taken a couple seconds and ranked the games. Do you want to go bottom up or top down? Uh, top. Well, like bottom up is the correct way, but it's given the podcast is like, bottom up. Okay. What is your least okay. favorite Final Fantasy game that we have covered, Jackson, including thirteen here? Uh, uh, twelve. Uh, twelve is also my least favorite Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Um, and like it sounds worse than it is because like you know I really like Final Fantasy games I think most of these games are if not great like then incredible like you know and I had a, I had a good decent... I had a good time playing 12 I probably will never touch it again I it was good to revisit I was disappointed with the same stuff I remember being kind of disappointed with like I remember thinking the ending sucked even in 2006 when I didn't know a thing about a thing yeah because it's, it's still flat and disappointing yes and then you're like oh they're gonna make a sequel and it's a weird Vaughn-centered strategy game for DS so no one played it um uh what is next for you final fantasy 6 interesting mine is final fantasy 9 okay mine one up from that is final fantasy 9 <laughs> my one up from that is final fantasy 6 <laughs> one up from that final fantasy 13 
<laughs> we going to have the same rankings? No, absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. This is where they break. They yes. 100% are about to break in a big way for the top five. Yes. Yeah, that's basically where we are. We're pretty similar on those ones. Six was disappointing for me, um, even though I also really like the first half. Uh, the fifth best Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy VII. The f- okay, yeah, we're very different. <laughs> yes. Uh, the fifth finest Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy IV. Uh, my fourth best Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy X-2. <laughs> okay, X-2 is there for me as well. Okay. Uh, the third best Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy IV, which is the biggest What's surprise that? for me, like positive surprise coming into the, doing all these again with you, is four was the game I you never thought four. I liked and I really fell for it. Yeah, you completely fell for it in a way that like I didn't feel that much, but I have a lot of respect for it. I'm glad you like it that much. It's a cool game. Yep. All of your friends. I think about the like last dungeon of that game and why it's like aggravating, annoying, but I love it so much. Basically every week I'm like, man, lunar dungeon, lunar surface is really good. It's intense and ridiculous. They, they'll never make a game that has a dungeon like that again. Cause they can't afford to. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that allows it is how quick the battles are. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, number four for me, Final Fantasy 10, two. Yeah, we did that. We're um, on three. We did that. Okay. So number three, Final Fantasy eight. Okay. Number two for me, Final Fantasy VIII. If you'd asked me before the past year, I would have told you it was the best Final Fantasy and my certainly my favorite. Still might be my favorite. I don't know. Yeah, so, <laughs> There's always the nebulous argument of what is good versus what is favorite, and it's it, I can't. I don't have actual answer for you. But if you tell me what my favorite Final Fantasy is, I'm going to say eight. If you tell me what the best Final Fantasy is, it's going to be my number one, which you could probably guess at this point. <laughs> Uh, I am also in that exact same position. I couldn't just, I have couldn't decide which way around to put these. They've been going back and forth for uh, like a year, but it's now been a long, it's been like a year and a half since I've played 10. It's, I've had enough time to ruminate on it. Number two is number is seven. Number seven is the second best. 10 is the best. Yeah. Final Fantasy 10 is absolutely the best. I think it's the best Final Fantasy could ever achieve of itself. Yeah, it is, like, why I look at 12 and I look at 13 and I'm like, these are both attempts to follow this. Uh, they both succeed in different ways and fail in different ways. But I don't know if, like, me working at my best version of, like, what do I think this needs? I don't know if, like, no. 10 is, like, yeah. the death of RPGs in a big way. <laughs> yes. Which I know it's is, like, both... a thing people say in a depreciative way. In a very different way. Yes. Uh, it has achieved its perfect form. There's nothing to do but have everyone play dress up and massage LeBlanc and they did that so <laughs> yeah like what do you do if you've had the game where you kill God two thirds of the way through and all like make the society better and discuss all that stuff like what do you where do you go from here yeah um, and there's there are ideas there are interesting ways you can like take it but I you can't you can't hit those heights again they did it they did the best thing they could do um, Ten did an incredible achievement uh, uh, he high fives Jacked as he goes into the afterlife. Yes, it's amazing. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Yep. Uh, God, yeah, ten's a great game. Uh, so, uh, with that, I think we're going to take a short musical break, and then we'll come back with the many emails that we have.
And we're back to talk about the emails. People send us some emails? Yeah. What is our email address if people want to send us questions or comments? They can send us questions or comments by sending us emails to podcastadamnormapping.com. We have our first email here from Six, our friend Six. Six says, I was wondering what your thoughts are on the shared world of Ivalice. Final Fantasy games have experimented with different degrees of having settings in common, for example, the direct sequels to 10 and 10 2, uh, to considering the continuing inventions of a side character, like in 13, uh, and many other approaches. One of the most interesting examples is the Ivalice Alliance and the way the land of Ivalice is portrayed in various games. The timing of this abnormal mapping is impeccable and improbable. I literally just got done playing the new story quest added to 14 where I bumped into Fran and she asked me if I'd ever seen a bunny girl before. I have, Fran. That adds one more game to the list of Square Enix titles that feature Ivalice, uh, which is 14, 12, Tactics, Tactics of Violence, and Vagrant Story, and a bunch of spin-offs nobody cares about. Um, I don't know how many of these you two of you have played, but I'm curious what you think about the different portrayals of Ivalice, its people, and its culture across the series. Thanks, and peace out. We cannot answer this. <laughs> uh, I really want to play Vagrant Story one day. They should remake it, because I've seen gameplay of it. The battle system's really interesting, and it's the slowest PlayStation game ever made. Uh, I have played maybe like a fifth of tactics before i have a hard time with tactics games so i have not the the thing the weird part about that is if you if you did not tell me that tactics is evil is the same as the evil of all these other games i wouldn't be able to tell you that because it reads as much more like generic fantasy than the rest of this stuff uh tactics advanced literally has judges going up and saying in this in this round you can't use fire magic like it's just that Okay, so Tactics Advance is when they, like, Evil East is this. Yes. We have our Evil East style guy. Yeah. Um, but I assume before 12, there was a little little more loose because it wasn't as the most important I thing. assume Vagrant Story was the start of that because Vagrant Story looks like what I would expect a PlayStation version of Final Fantasy 12's world to look like. It really does. I'm very interested in Vagrant Story. It's a Square Enix RPG that's high on my list. Yep. Um, it just looks very slow and tedious because it's a PlayStation game. and working at PlayStation game pace and you target individual limbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very interesting battle system, but whew, don't know if I have the time. Uh, we got a lot of RPGs to play this year, so it's not going to be this year. Yep. Uh, our next question uh, is from Irvandus, which is a friend on our Discord, occasionally. Uh, came back to talk about Star Trek, which all my friends are always allowed to come back to talk about Star Trek. Star Trek Podcast on Space, we're doing weekly Discovery recaps now, because Season 2 has started. Please check that out. I've played through FF12 a big, uh, about four times because I'm a big fan of it. Sadly, I'm awful at thinking of questions. Fair enough, understandable. However, I'm curious if you like the tinny audio quality of the VA. I'm unaware if it was fixed in the remake, although I'm unsure how they would do so. I kind of like it. It makes it sound distinct in a way I associate with the game. I think it adds something to the helmet effect they use. They did not I fix like the tinny happens. voice effect. They sound like that. The thing that helps here is everyone sounds like that in the same way, and it's not... I don't... It almost... Like, I feel like it's weird because, like, 10 doesn't have this problem. 10 2 doesn't have this problem. None of the games that were around this era have this problem. So it almost feels like a stylistic choice, even though I'm, I can't imagine why it would be one. Yeah, I, I assume it has to be just, like, com- a compression choice. And it also, st- like, they had to compress the audio somehow, so they decided on the, like, way they would compress it. In, and in, this was the decision they made, yeah. which is my guess. But who knows? I don't, I don't hate it. I, it. It gives it a very distinctive sound, which is... Uh, lines up with everything else about the game being very distinctive compared to every other Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, I like it too. Um, I think that in terms of the dialogue, the actual step forward is that compared to 10 and 10 2, uh, 
much snappier on the lines. There's no longer the, we have the period where the line will go, pause. We have the next period where the line will go. That, that uh, is the, the biggest bane in terms of ten. Uh, it's a very service level thing. Um, okay, we have one from Aiden. Hello, I'll admit that I've never played more than an hour or so of any Final Fantasy game, 12 included. Not sure why, I've just bounced off them. That said, uh, the art style and character designs from 12 have always struck me as particularly beautiful. The cover of the Zodiac Age released with everyone on it looks fantastic. I'm hoping to carve out some time and play it when it comes to Switch since I find more uh, since I find RPGs more digestible on handheld systems. Looks really neat, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Well, first of all, I hope you're listening in six months once you've played it, and also Final Fantasy X. <laughs> um, because we've talked about these games in detail. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm glad you're looking forward to hearing. I don't have any questions here, but, uh, uh, well, what do we think about the character designs in this game compared to other games? It's just, we don't really talk about the design of the characters much. It's just not our lens. So let's just consider Final Fantasy's character designs for a moment here. Uh, I have always... I, I don't necessarily like the character models, of especially the leads. I think they're mostly kind of generic given that the rest of the world is really rich and interesting um like the way in which it goes for like i would describe as like almost like a like a mediterranean like middle east kind of look right yes uh is very distinct and i like on the ps2 it was incredible because it's huge spaces and they solve the problem of the geometry is relatively simple by just covering everything in the most intense texture work uh that really works because of the like architecture they're pulling from um and i've always liked that look i think it's great i, I think it's also a really good contrast to the very delicate like small spaces that final Fantasy 10 mostly trades in yes um you just go through some massive areas in 12 in a way that I think is really good. Um, and when it does tend to be like you're in an airship now is when it's at its weakest. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really have, I don't really have strong thoughts about the characters. I wish they had much like mass effect. If you make a bunch of like cool, like quote unquote alien races, like the Banga and stuff, why aren't they in my party? Why aren't, why can't I play as the cool lizard man? I don't know. Yeah. The only one is the bunny lady. Yeah. Which barely counts. She's just in her fucking nightgown at all times. Like, please don't do this to me. Um, we have a question from Ritz. Uh, what's the one lesson you wish subsequent Final Fantasy games or RPGs in general had taken from FF12? Um, optional hard mode, no gambit system. Uh, hmm. No gambit system, man. I don't, I don't know at that point. Yeah, because the gambit system is the one, right? Like, um, I mean, well, to be yeah. fair, I think more games should allow. Well, I guess that's just the gambit system. I was gonna say, let's let me automate shit, but that's just gambit system. Yes, <laughs> the gambit system. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think I have anything other than the gambit system because that's really the thing here. But that's yeah, that's, that is so the thing that like yes, they should have looked at that system and why as to why it works. Uh, aside from that, if I we have to we have to pick something that isn't the gambit system. We have we both have. To. I don't know if I have anything. Um, I'm trying. I'm. We might not. We might have nothing, but we have to completely exhaust ourselves first. And if that's the answer, that's a bummer. Um, uh, I like the NPC stuff early on, at least. Um, I wish that games 
modern games would recognize the importance of uh, or the value of just being able to get a sense of world building from just talking to a bunch of people and seeing their points of view. Like, that's the Rabanasa stuff that's very early and very good. When it gets into the arcade stuff, it's much worse because the arcades doesn't doesn't make any sense. It's weird gossip-based economy is dumb. Um, but when it's at the start, it's just a bunch of people talking about how they feel about the Empire. That's all very good. Uh, which obviously disappears when you have to have everyone speak their lines with voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a thing that I wish more... Uh, big modern games could hold on to because um kingdom hearts 3 is fully voiced including all the like little s- s- smaller scenes which seems ridiculous why are they doing this to themselves uh, one thing that i specifically think jrpgs have gotten away from in a way that i kind of this game does it better than most is when you go into the town you have to like learn where things are this is a thing yes. that western rpgs have in spades I mean, they don't need they sometimes have the opposite problem where everything feels too disjointed or whatever. I like that whenever I go to a place, I'm like, where's the item shop? I got to find it. Look at the map. Um, the game has a little too much consulting the map, to be honest, but that's every video game with a sub map, right? So. Yeah. And I mean, this game ends up leaning into it. You can put the full map on screen and it just becomes Diablo at that point. Yes. Look at map, make thing happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like the, the spaces definitely feel, uh, a little bit more you know intentional to navigate 14 does this very well it's no, no right like yeah. you you have to figure out all the spaces in this way i will it's weird how much of 14 you would really like yeah considering uh, how much you can't ever play it i will say that 12 has multiple teleporter dungeons that are all good and like easy to like grok and that's yes. incredible honestly <laughs> uh, right yes no dungeon mechanics yes Please put mechanics in your dungeons. Because like intentionally designed dungeons. Teleporter dungeons are usually hell on earth, uh, but they are always like there's a lot of them in twelve, and they all work pretty well. Even the one where you don't even have your map, like I think, is relatively straightforward once you like spend the time to learn it. Yeah, and I think about like um, Bravely Default, which is a game that I enjoy mostly. Like those games dungeons may as well not exist. I'm really Your glad that we played that before we did that early. Final Fantasy journey where we would hate yeah. that game up and down for being a bad version of games that we otherwise like. Yeah, because I really liked that game at the time. I still have affection for it. I think the characters are fine. The big twist is fun. Yes. Not, nothing groundbreaking. It wasn't even groundbreaking before I'd played a bunch of RPGs. Yes. Um, uh, but that is a game where its dungeons don't exist. Like They, they have layouts nominally, but that's it. <laughs> Um, you walk through them, then you find a bus. Uh, I know it is hard with how much money it costs to make games to spend the time crafting. Like this is a dungeon with like a mechanic that affects the world and a unique twist. Uh, but I, I like them. I, when you do that, it's good. It's my take on RPGs. Yes. Okay, we have another another email from someone who would rather be anonymous. Uh, so I respect that, and they say. Hello, I have often heard people describe this game as Final Fantasy Star Wars, brackets usually in a negative way. I was wondering how you felt about that take after your time with the game. Uh, well, the, re- Final the, Fantasy Star Wars. the reason they say that is because there's seven fake Darth Vader's, the music sounds like Star Wars, and everyone's in airships that look like prequel Star Wars, uh, and the plot's about like an evil empire and a ragtag group of uh, rebels, and one of them is just literally fake Han Solo, but his Chewbacca is a hot rabbit lady. Yep. It's just Star Wars on some level, sorry. It's it just Star Wars. Um yeah. It's like Star Wars mixed with some Lord of the Rings. Yep. And that's the whole thing. Yep. That's just it. Like I, I'm ambivalent about the amount of Star Wars. I wish honestly I wish it took a little more from Star Wars than it did Lord of the Rings. Uh yeah, I think the Lord of the Rings stuff is absolutely the weakest stuff. Yep. 
Um, if it was just, if it was just, because the thing about Star Wars is that we talk about Star Wars a lot. We have a lot of Star Wars opinions. Star Wars is not important. It doesn't purport to be important. Yeah. Um, in a way that this game definitely does. Like if Star Wars was perfect as long as people saying, "No, we must, we will truly revolutionize Empire and the galaxy." Like you know, Star Wars is pulp. This game is pulp, but it wants you to think it's better. Uh, and yeah, we've covered this. This is our opinion on the game. Yep. We have one more email um, from Juan that is long, uh, and you say you have read. Yeah, so we've got one from uh, Tronitized in our discourse, and uh, we've covered most of the points here. There's just a few things. Um, one was uh, back in the day, the they cite one up for this, but uh, I've heard it plenty of places where this game is not real Final Fantasy because it's too much of an MMO. And what we think of that, how much do we think it compares to an MMO? Um, honestly, there's a surprising lack of like side questiness or like repeated quest stuff to this game. Uh, that if you told me that you made an MMO inspired game, I'd expect there's a lot of like grinding six of a loot drop, but actually that's every game now. So I guess that's why I think that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's all games. Yes. It's weird that this doesn't have any of that. Yes. Um, and then their other question was uh, whether we listened to the original soundtrack or the reorchestration and what we thought about that reorchestration if we did listen to it. I honestly have never heard listen to the reorchestration. I, th- I think I listened to like three minutes at one point and decided, no, I'm, I don't need this in my life. Uh, but I don't know. Oh, I was all, I just used the reorchestration. I did the test. I was like, oh, this reorchestration sounds better. And that's what I okay. listened to the whole time. Okay. Uh, I can't compare. I haven't gone back to check any original tracks. I thought um, the the test that plays when it does the da na 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 like the you know the big Final Fantasy song. Yes. Um, I thought it was like the having it being an orchestra was very nice, uh, and I didn't feel like the non-orchestrated version uh, was distinctive in the way. No, like the, the, no, no, no. The, I just I just went with the thing that I remembered. That's all. That's what I picked. Because I'd already, sure. I'd already listened to that soundtrack a dozen times, so I just didn't. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't like ten where we did the comparisons and the reorchestrated ten soundtrack is legitimately bad. Um, yeah, and or even like four, right? Yeah. Like um, these are games that I made sure to play with the other soundtrack because that was meaningful. Yes. And here I like the sound of the reorchestration. I thought um, the soundtrack was often good in its more like whimsical early parts. Later on, it just starts like sampling star wars melodies yeah basically like there are like actual motifs i'm like that is two notes off i mean star wars motif there we've all heard the final Fantasy 14 soundtrack that's just what these games are now (laughs) oh that one's funny though um yeah that's fair it's just the shire theme they just do the shire theme yeah um but yeah are there any more that we didn't cover Um, no that that was it we read the whole thing yeah, we I read the whole thing. I think we just covered most of it, the rest of it. So, cool, cool. Um, I guess that's it. Next month, we are gonna come at you in two or three weeks with the next game club game, which is Mario Galaxy Two. We sure are. Uh, we are doing that more rapidly because we have another game on the other end, which is a Patreon episode. So, look forward to that. We'll tell you what it is next time. Um, yep. We're trying to um, schedule the Patreon episode so we don't necessarily always take a month. Yes. If it's a longer game, we will be taking a month. Yes. Um, um, but we're going to be playing... I already out. beat Mario Galaxy 2. I've, uh, this is the first time this ever happened. I beat the next game before we talked about the game ahead of us, so... Yep. Yep. That's where we're at. Yep. I haven't. <laughs> you haven't even started it, have you? 
I know. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's fine. I've got so many more things to do before I can even think about Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, so if you have you know questions or comments about that game, of course, get them in. If you have questions, this is probably the last Mario platformer we're ever going to cover because Jackson's played them all. I've played them all. Um, so if you've got questions yeah, we, about we anything Mario related that isn't an RPG, send them in. Yes, we will play Super Mario RPG one day. Yeah. Probably next year at this rate. Yes. Um, but Hell, we might this, play Thousand Year Door someday, so... Yes, those are the other two on the docket. Yes. Mario Platform was, this is it. Yep. Last one. Give us your Mario takes. We'll never talk Seven about in. Mario again. <laughs> You're always going to be wistfully thinking about Mario. What if it was good? Yep. Uh, Galaxy 2 is pretty good. That's my take. Early early uh, hints on what we're going to be talking about. Mario Galaxy 2, pretty good game. Pretty good game. Better than Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah, I mean, right, we, we can't just begin the next podcast Jackson, right now. What are the plugs? Where can people find us? You can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter, tweeting some bullshit. You can find the other podcasts we do at abnormalmapping.com. We have a bunch there, including, as we said earlier, Star Trek Podcast.space. We are doing weekly discovery episodes. Please listen to those. If you don't uh, like know what that is uh, or care about Star Trek, you should watch Star Trek Discovery. It's great. It's a fine introduction to Star Trek. Mm, if you live outside the US, go boot up Netflix, go watch Star Trek Discovery. If you've never seen Star Trek before, maybe don't pay CBS All Access $10 a month to watch the, star, the, the like seventh Star Trek show. <laughs> Do you see that they put the um, short treks on uh, Netflix International? Yes. But they're like buried in three menus? Yes. Good work, everyone. Uh, but, you know, if you've never seen Star Trek before, TNG is on Netflix. It's on a lot of services. You should watch Next Generation. It's a really good show. Like, the first season's rough, but just watch some Star Trek. Goddamn. If you want to go to the other side of space, where can you do that? Well, we have another podcast called The Great Gundam Project. It is a premium podcast, part of our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash mapping, you can see the Patreon. If you just want the Gundam, there's some free episodes for you at time to go access, access ax.is. Uh, and you can get three free episodes there uh, of the beginnings of each of the main shows we've watched. Um, and otherwise, we're every Wednesday, we talk about two episodes of Gundam or a movie or whatever. Right now, we're watching SD Gundam shorts. Uh, I talk a lot about Gunbuster and Battle of Gods, the DBZ movie, this week because uh, there wasn't a whole lot Content's going on. Content's light. <laughs> yeah, the content's light, light content. on SD Gundam. Um, but that's always a good time. Uh, if you want us to talk about Armored Trooper Vottoms, we did that too during... Uh, that was, I guess, during Double Zeta, right? We just finished early. That was during Double Zeta. Yeah. We just finished that. We finished that early. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing more talking about stuff soon. Yeah. I need to go watch some Vodum's uh, OVA so I can be ready. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're going to cross over, but yes. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, of course, at em underscore being. That's it. That's all we've got. No more video games until Mario Galaxy. Um, we're done with Final <laughs> Fantasy, Jackson. How do you feel? Tired? I feel so tired. I feel very tired, but that's mostly because I haven't slept. <laughs> uh, I slept very little and have been up for a long time, so we're done. Goodbye. We're done. Goodbye.
Thank you.